0: Coming up on Telling the Odds, Brumbo offers his thoughts on not being in Rise of Skywalker, we revisit Phantom Menace now that the saga's done and dusted, and we have some hard details about Ahsoka's return in The Mandalorian. All that and more coming up now.
1: Telling the odds, episode four, a new episode. A new episode? Let's go with that. <laughs> how's You're it going? You about to go for some a new hope. I, know. On I was there. trying to make some connection, it, 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 right. it well, failed. A new hope that
0: this episode will be good.
1: Yes, I new hope for this episode will be Yeah, thank you, Michael. It's a perfect <laughs> summation of my terrible opening. Nah, we'll be good. Uh, How was your week been?
0: Uh, yeah, good. Uh, very excited. Uh, yeah, the prep for this episode was weirdly enjoyable it was yeah because uh, because we, uh, we sort of like made up what
1: this episode was going to be about sort of last minute ish well then again yes. that's so, how we I mean, normally of course do we're, it
0: yeah so of course we're preparing for the mandalorian uh duffy series when that's done so yeah we'll be sure to talk about that but we thought well we want to have some weekly way to like create content that we can enjoy to talk about that will be like informal informant but also a great way to express our feelings on star wars yes and we came up with we thought as a good way to like You know, fill out lots of
1: episodes with fun content. Yeah, yeah. Well, what we're going to do, basically, we're going to get into that a little bit later, is now that the Skywalker saga is done and dusted, at least for now, before Disney runs out of money and decides we need to make 10, 10, 11,
0: and 12... Or four four years time or so.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, We are going to do a Star Wars Skywalker saga retrospective, starting with The Phantom Menace. We're going to be talking about uh, Does It Hold Up? Uh, We haven't... Neither of us had seen it in a while, so we have rewatched it. We're going to give you our thoughts. What works, what doesn't, what would we have changed if we were there in 99
0: uh, Go chronological order, yes. right from the start. I mean, from the yeah, from the start in universe.
1: Yes, thank you, Michael. <laughs> sure. Okay, uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun, I think, because we've yeah. got a lot of cool ideas. But uh, we're going to get into some Star Wars news first, and it's unlike me, time. unlike last week, there's actually some really, really good stuff to talk yeah, about. We're not so just talking
0: about he sheds at this time.
1: Yeah. So our first uh, our, our first uh, news point bulletin, I guess, is that uh, Broomboy or I, I don't <laughs> even I don't do <laughs> you know his name. Oh...
0: I do not. If it was, there isn't it, hang on, it was stated
1: somewhere. Yeah, Mike yeah, was yeah. going to look it up, but that. basically, the broom boy from the Last Jedi, the guy who was a uh, the it's little a kid who was well. who was a slave on uh, Canto Bight, who we slightly see uses the force to levitate a broom at the end of the Last Jedi, uh, he offered his thoughts on not being in the Rise of Skywalker because it's clear that Ryan Johnson was maybe setting something up or yeah, like okay, you could take it as he was trying to set something up or he was simply trying to Actually. show that the force exists yeah. in just random places across the galaxy, and that's. A way of keeping the yeah. spark alive. Because that was very much the thematic... Um... Uh, cornerstone yeah. of Ryan Johnson's uh, uh, script, basically. Well, so I
0: mean, here's what I think: like there were bas- there were so many cameos in that Rise of Skywalker film, you could have fit him in for like a minute or so. I know. Well,
1: I well once we get into his own thoughts, we're going to read a quote that he uh, yeah. that, that he said. But I'm going to get into some thoughts about how he could have been integrated. Well, and I, yeah. think I think it would have I think it would have worked pretty well. But anyway, the broom guy, what's his name? was uh, Blaive, Blave,
0: I think. Yeah, pronunciation. And, and what was his character's name? His character's name is Temery Blag. Yeah, so, so some real. They just shuffled
1: around the the letters of his actual name and turned them into a character. But anyway, he offered up his thoughts on not being featured in The Rise of Skywalker and when asked, he said, "Uh, I wasn't sure because it could have been, yes, he would have continued my story, how Rey would have trained me or helped me in some way. But then at the same time, am I really that important? Am I someone big or am I really just a boy, a lucky boy in a galaxy far, far away? A lot of people were asking me about returning and I said, we'll have to wait and see if I get called back, but I guess I kind of understand why it happened. Yes, there could be a chance to actually continue the story of the character. I think it could happen. Yeah,
0: I would be up for it. (laughs) Okay, uh, (laughs) I hate to agree with him, but he was kind of unimportant.
1: Yeah, well, no, I think the main reason he was (laughs) there—not to—I'm sure he would have made a great, like, you know, little cameo on the Rise of Skywalker. But the main reason he's there is to show that Ryan, that Ryan, the the whole thing that Ryan Johnston was supposed to show is that anyone. I, anyone can have the force like that that's what he was leading to exactly. with, uh, i mean it i mean obviously it didn't end up panning out that I, way as a goal Yeah. But Ryan Johnson was trying to say that you don't have to have some magical lineage. You exactly. can have the force no matter who you are, and it yeah. exists in random life forms he was, trillions of people throughout the galaxy. Yeah. So that, that's what he was trying I to think show. He with was the taking kid. the
0: force back, because it was kind of like really segregated. I mean, we'll get to midichlorians later on. But it was kind of like the magic was taken away of like anyone can be a Jedi if yeah. training, or whatever. And so it was kind of like, you know, taking some of the magic back. And and so I think you're right. He was less important as a character, but he was more important to like show the message. He like, it was it was important to show yeah. him.
1: Him, but he w- it's not a, a, a vital story right. point that I need so, that I think needed to be. Advanced. It would have been
0: ridiculous if he had have come back as a character, like a main character, in the last film. Yeah. But like considering how many cameos there were in that final film, you could have easily have gotten like Broomboy on a little spaceship or riding on the little thingies or on the rebel base or something. The one
1: cameo you got in that in that galactic fleet, there was Wedge. You yeah. saw Nine Num for a couple of seconds, and oh, that yeah. was it. There was really? there, there was there was an opportunity to show a lot of. A, a, a lot of people. Like, we don't know, but maybe Ahsoka was there. Maybe, like, you know,
0: Hera. Well, we got, like, them in the uh, in the voices. That, that is true. I think Hera wasn't shown, but the ghost was. Yeah, exactly. The ghost, ghost
1: was. One. You could have shown Hera Syndulla and That was, would have been fun. That
0: would have been awesome. You get to see uh, her and Kanan's son. That would have been cool. Like, to be fair, we did get a number of Jedi voices. So, the Jedi voices were good cameos. Like, yes. Uh, Even though
1: afterwards they said, yeah, Ahsoka's voice shows up, but she's not
0: dead. Yeah, I didn't think she was. Like, because... Yeah, it's all she had to be do really is listening into like the force at that point and just be yeah. like, oh, this is where I need to do a voice. I'm gonna do a voice extension. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. So basically, I think that uh, you know this this kid who we saw in the Last Jedi, he would have been it would have been cool to see him. But overall, like, it, okay, here's the way that I would integrate him. Yeah. Is that I think that if you were to that that the way that they pan out of the rebels like you know celebrating, yay, we just won the war. Mm. If you pan out and then you do like a a uh, Sort of Deathly Hallows Part Two, skip to a couple years later, where I don't know Ray. Yes. Yeah. No, I, no. 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 I'm like. Yeah, this is no, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I would love. I would have loved to see instead of the whole back on Tatooine, my name is Ray Skywalker thing, which works fine, but whatever. What if after that scene, it cuts to a couple years later, Ray has established a new Jedi Order on Um Uh Uh Arcto, the the first Jedi Temple, yep. and we just walk out. I don't know. Ray, uh, sorry, no, Finn and Poe could be visiting. I don't know. They walk in and she's got like a a, a legion of, of, you know, young Padawans. She's training. She's taking a class. And then you see, you know, you see the broom kid. Yeah, that would be a good way to include him there. Exactly. He doesn't need to say anything. He just needs... Because it'll be a nice way for the fans to see. Oh, I remember that kid. Yeah. Yeah, so it shows that, like, you know, they're building out the world in this way and actually tying... The Rise of Skywalker into The Last Jedi. Mm. One of the few ways in which they would have done that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh,
0: it's a good point. Yeah. I mean, personally it's not how I would have done it. And I w-
1: <laughs> And then okay. you, and the, I don't know, because the way in which The Last Jedi ended where you have Luke looking out onto the binary sunset before he dies, yeah, yeah. it would have been so cool if the last scene like wasn't, wasn't like wasn't like you know Rey and BB eight on in the sunset. Yes. What if she was like sitting on that same with rock the, the si- sitting on that same rock, like you know, ghost Luke shows up, ghost Leia shows up? Ghost Ben shows up it's just like just you know, Finn, Finn and Poe are In the background Or whatever yeah. And then it's like A shot from behind Where they're all shadows The music swells up And then it ends I think that would have been great, but... You know. I,
0: I agree, that would have been cool. Uh, I, I think the reason they did what they did was because they were trying to highlight Ray and, like, make it all... That's make true. Ver- Trying to, like, convince the audience there is a connection between Ray and the Skywalkers. Please believe us. Right, yeah. No, well, I, you
1: know... Y- y- yeah. Okay, I don't have a problem with Ray calling herself a Skywalker. <laughs> or I don't. I don't have a... mate. There are things that I would have liked better, but the way we got yeah. it, it works, like... Okay, it's, it's good. It's but, a, but what if she... Yeah. I don't know. She could have called the yeah. new generation of Jedi... I don't know, like... The Skywalker's, or or you know what, you yes. know what would've been cool because you know how Ahsoka when uh, in the uh, Clone Wars, mm. when uh, one of the uh, Martez sisters asks, "Where did you learn all this stuff?" Yeah, and she's like, uh, "Skywalker Academy." Yeah, that was like fun. Skywalker Academy would have been a cool name very if Rey was training a new generation of Jedi. Like yeah. even like this kid even says and he's like, "How Rey would have trained me or helped me in some
0: way?" Yeah, yes,
1: let's that. see that. I agree with this kid.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure we'll get to that that when we talk about this actually Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker at the end, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, personally what they could have done they could have just taken the uh, ending scene of, Revenge of, the, uh, of Return of the Jedi just had like all of the cut scenes of like all the different planets tearing down the Palpatine things yeah. but just edited it slightly to be first order and just like CGI broom kid in the background being like <laughs> 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 yippee
1: you, you would have wanted him to say yippee yes I would have
0: wanted him specifically to say yippee yeah okay I
1: feel like Rise of Skywalker is bad because we didn't get to see Gungan saying we suffer free <laughs> we are free like we did in uh, Return of the Jedi yeah. but anyway um, uh, yeah. yeah it would have been funny if it was yeah. like okay Exoquel is burned to the ground, and the empire's and the emperor's <laughs> yeah. dead. Time to go to time to go to Endor and have an yeah. Ewok rave party. Yeah, yeah.
0: Time t- t- to show uh, Pal- uh, what's it called Nabu bringing down another Palpatine statue that they randomly put back up again.
1: Oh, we didn't know he was around, but we just thought like you know, it might oh, be too. relevant to the story. JJ yep. Abrams told us to put it up. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, uh, is that all our thoughts on Broom Boy?
1: I'm pretty sure. Yeah, cool. alright. Broom Kid, you did what you could. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we'll see
0: you at some You've been, point. You're done. You've been roughed, but you know. Maybe
1: when you're a little bit older, you'll show up in episode two. Yeah, they will bring
0: you back if they do a Ryan, another Ryan Johnson film.
1: Broom Boy, a Star Wars story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, alright.
0: Okay. Uh, um, next news. Yes, next piece of news
1: uh, is pretty cool. Now, uh, this is actually some hard news. No rumors here, folks. This hard is, news. This was released by StarWarsNews.net. Ahsoka in The Mandalorian. A big old teaser and some cool descriptions for what her character will look like. So, Fancy. Michael, do you want to take us through it?
0: Uh, sure. So, we've got, we got an appearance breakdown. So,
1: it basically goes, you know, what she's going to look like, what, like, you know, weapons she's going to use, how much she will be in it. So, first, we're going to break down what she's going to look like and uh, the overall appearance that Rosario Dawson is going to adopt for yeah. her portrayal of Ahsoka Tano. So, off you go, Michael.
0: Cool. Alright, so, so, it looks like she's going to appear... M- most closely to her design at the very end of Rebels. Yes, because yes. they
1: said they don't want her to look like the Gandalf, the white thing that they showed up with in the the last season of Rebels. They're going to show her. Yes, as she was at the end of Coin Wars when she's got this cool gray, you know, hood on. Ah, or, yes. Yeah, yeah. That,
0: I, I like it. So uh, Sokka's actually had a number of designs throughout the entire show, and
1: <laughs> yeah, well, because she's got the very early one where she's yeah. still very young, and then she advances to her. Like cool.
0: I think I think I, my favorite design is probably the second half of Clone Wars one.
1: The, the one where she's the one. That, Although her rebel,
0: her early rebels one is pretty good as well.
1: I personally have always enjoyed the, uh, well. Yeah, but the, the, the basically the the second design that they had for her, right. where she's in that like maroon outfit. Yeah, yeah, and she gets cool. two
0: lightsabers, which is so much cooler. That and is like One's shorter. That is pretty like cool. It's a unique way of fighting.
1: Yeah, uh, it says that she will likely first appear with the hood on, but fear not, her famous Togruta leku, or you know, her head tails, the blue and white ones, will be on full live action display during her appearance on the show, as she will be removing the hood. Well, I would hope so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because if she would just keep the hood on the
0: entire time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we had the Mandalorian who kept the helmet on pretty much the entire time, except right at the end. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So you know, not impressed at it. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think about? Uh, yeah, you know, I think whatever design. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing they want to they want to do something that works in live, a- live action. So yeah, you know, they don't want to do too, too I understand strong. that
1: they don't want to show the tails the whole time. Yeah. Because showing a hood is we know what a Ahsoka looks like. Yeah. We know what a Ahsoka looks like. We know she has her head tails and stuff. So. Keeping the hood on is actually good, and she looked pretty cool because even in animation, she looked pretty awesome with that did hood on. You,
0: did you write this specifically? Or was this a joke no? This quote? is this is
1: taken from Star Wars. <laughs> New, uh, this is Star Wars news. So, so they so,
0: referred, to, are they? They referred to the Togruta like headtails as Leku I think so. Yeah. I I thought Leku was specifically for Twi'lek. Maybe so I'm did right. I, but apparently they're okay. Not being, uh, uh, maybe I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> Maybe, I'm, I really didn't know what the we'll actual never know. name was for her head tails, but yeah, they? I thought
0: they were. I thought Leku like specifically was like a Twilight thing, but you know. All right. Well, they've called it Leku here, so... Yeah, we'll refer to it as that. Who knows.
1: Now, uh, another cool thing that they offered up, will will we see her using lightsabers? Because obviously, this is shortly after, well, this is the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So there's been a long time where she's gone without those blue ones, mm. and uh, obviously this is after Rebels, where she had the white ones. She has the white ones, yeah. yes. Uh so,
0: well, so she, had, she had green ones clone wars, then they were given she was given blue ones by Anakin. Yeah. And then lost then buried them and then created white ones. And then those what she had in the Rebels.
1: I I, I guess so because basically they, they've they've sort of detailed what hood she'll have. something yeah. That's a very specific point. Exactly. Yeah, because uh, at the end of Clone Wars, obviously she has her grey hood, yep. and then the next time you see her, she's got her Rebels design, and you know at the end of Rebels, she looks she's she's all dressed in white. She's got her staff, but apparently yeah. after this, now that we're going to see because Mandalorian is set post Return of the Jedi, yeah, we're going to see her back in the grey hood. So yes. I guess she got tired of it and like, no, I want to be dark again.
0: That should have been her most recent chronological design, but. I guess maybe that was like a, a spiritual, like a, a force Jedi type... Well, yeah. it's not Jedi, but like a force robe or something as she went into the exploring, exploring the unknown regions or whatever. Yeah,
1: well it might be interesting because uh, the fact that she's gone from a very pure look to back to a more dark and brooding appearance yeah. sort of shows maybe things didn't pan out so well in the last, what would have been, like... Uh, or five years because like you know obviously as you know uh, Sabine and Ahsoka go off to find uh, Ezra Mm. and yeah I don't know That's uh, which is interesting because I think that her appearance in the Mandalorian will have will will be a chance to build out the lore of what happened in that little gap because obviously Dave Filoni is in charge of both so he'll be able to sort of steer that in whatever direction he wants
0: yeah I, I loved it when Mandalorian like referenced or even like like showed in some examples, like things that had appeared in like cartoon or
1: like when they mentioned, yeah. like when they mentioned Life Day,
0: yeah, Life Day, but also <laughs> like the Dark Saber showing up. That was awesome. Was just like... I can't wait for that. Uh, this, is, this is why I'm so happy that Dave Filoni is so heavily involved in this live-action series because this is his things that he created. Because so it's a an so- opportunity for him to bring it into the world.
1: Because Dave Filoni, obviously, he made The Mandalorian and now he's bringing in characters that he also was responsible for creating. Yeah. And, they all, and I'm really excited to see how they all work together. This exactly. is why Dave Filoni needs
0: to be in charge. Dave Filoni, best Star boy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that'll be a cool way of, so- of showing, uh, you know, what happened to her in that gap. But anyway, uh, it says, many have speculated if we'll see Ahsoka using lightsabers in The Mandalorian and the answer is yes. Ahsoka will be wielding a blue bladed lightsaber. We could not confirm whether she'll have a second lightsaber but we'll speculate she will. It's possible a second saber could be a different colour but the significance of her having a blue blade and not white would lead us to believe that she has in some way once again embraced the ways of the Jedi. So expect her to be igniting at least one blue lightsaber in the show. Now this... Yeah. It's interesting, because obviously we know that she buried her blue lightsabers she with did. the downed Republic cruiser at the end of Clone Wars. So, it depends whether or not it's the same saber. If it's a new one, it's definitely not the white one, of course. This no. is, again, it's showing a weird chronology in terms of, like, a very, same, very similar to the hood. She yeah. basically goes from green... To blue. Yeah, it's like she's progressed and to then, the, the and then, point
0: where she's accepted not being a Jedi yeah. to like her own way. And then back to being what everyone liked to as. She
1: goes from blue in the Clone Wars, and then she obviously she loses them. Yep. She goes to white in, in Rebels, yes. she loses them when she fights Vader. And the, I, th- yes. I think she does, yeah. And then... Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. She does. I think And she then does. she's going to have blue ones again. So, interesting. The fact that they said it might hint to her uh, you know, going back to the ways of the Jedi... I'm not sure about that because obviously she had the blue, uh, blue yeah, it, lightsabers it, in Clone it, Wars and she wasn't a Jedi. Look,
0: I guess we'll have to wait to watch the show to see how they do it. But I personally think that does kind of go against what they were doing with the Ahsoka. Like Ahsoka, the whole point is she was able to realize her own way about Through the Force where she noticed there were problems with the Jedi, but yeah. she still felt like the, she's still a light side user of the Force. And Mm -hmm. so, I think she was really unique, because she's an example of a non-Jedi, non-Sith Force user, and one that's tied to a specific side of the Force, which we very rarely see in Star Wars.
1: Yeah, I think that the fact that she's using a blue lightsaber, I don't think that immediately says she's going back to the ways of the Jedi. In fact, if she did, I'm not sure if I'd like that. Yeah, Because the the best part about Ahsoka not being a Jedi and choosing to sort of forego their principles is what made her so interesting. And Dude. that, uh, and I feel like if she were to retract on that, yeah. it would be degrading her character in a way. So I'd love to see her use a blue lightsaber. Of course, we're going to see her fight mm. uh, uh, Moff Gideon with the with the dark That yes. would be that would be awesome.
0: That would be very. But I don't
1: want her to be a full fledged Jedi. No,
0: again. I don't think so. I feel like, to be fair, she did use blue lightsabers in the Clone Wars that Anakin gave her. Yeah. And so, I don't think we know specifically whether lightsaber color has like whether you, when you make the lightsaber when you construct it whether the lightsaber color. Is indicative of some way your relationship to the Jedi or the Force. I think. It, I think. It, I think it is. I, I, it's not. It's not it's fully discussed in the. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it's not
1: fully discussed in the movies. But in there's Legends, been like, there's in been
0: Legends, it was the color specifically was tied to the type of Jedi you were, either Sentinel, uh, Console, or Guardian. Yeah. But that's no longer canon. I think. It was, is it not? No, that's definitely that. The Sentinel Guardian um, consoles no longer canon.
1: So it's just whatever but whatever whatever I color you get. I think they did is a
0: number of years ago canonize saying that like when you construct your lightsaber, it does relate to who you are as a Jedi at some time. Because when Luke makes his lightsaber, he makes it green, um, and he's like his like progression of a Jedi is different to who his father and like Obi Wan were, yeah. where they're more brash and more uh, not aggressive, more reckless. Whereas uh, I don't know, Luke's more wise and more. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's, I
1: see what you mean. So I, I
0: I liked the old way, and I think at least writers would still keep that in the back of their mind if they do it. But yeah, especially if 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 Ahsoka constructs this blue lightsaber and it turns out being blue, then I feel like they would need to create some sort of justification for it. And I feel like Jay, Dave Filoni would.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh. So I think that's our uh, ideas to what we'd like to see in terms of Ahsoka and yeah. her and the the thematic ideas behind her wielding a lightsaber. I think it would be cool to see, but I think you need to give a reason and obviously explain why it's going to be blue apparently I'm sure yeah so uh, there's one final point that they sort of uh, detailed uh, in length is to what extent she will actually be in it because people have been discussing whether or not it'll just be a cameo or something like that so uh, Michael you're welcome to read what we've got here right
0: well yeah so personally I hope she isn't like the main part but I don't want her to just appear in one episode and then just leave yeah like I guess it depends to what extent the Mandalorian gets involved in the Force or the extra world outside of just his bounty hunting. Because yeah. now that he's got Baby Yoda with him, I feel like the, I mean, this at least a way we might ex- find and be introduced to Ahsoka in the show is him finding a way to to look after Baby Yoda. Because what was the ending? What, what? They basically
1: he's basically going out to find yeah. Baby Yoda's people exactly, like, and that would, I mean that's super exciting If we get to yeah, finally see exciting. Yoda's species. But yeah. um, the main reason that I was sort of surprised with the ending is because I was very surprised that around that area, no one knows what the hell a Jedi is. No mm. one even knows what the Force is. Yes, because and I I, I never really took Which, into account that there would be outer reaches of space yeah. where the Jedi are sort of like myths and legends. It's, because obviously Luke was knew they were a thing but never knew if they were actually... Real. Yeah. Even, even, even Rey. It's, she worked, She she lives yeah. on Jakku, right? And obviously, you know, the Battle of Endor has taken That's place. True. All this stuff has happened. The Death Star, what have you. And she still didn't realise that the Jedi were actually real people.
0: It's, it's interesting, because in A New Hope, it's made to seem like, oh, like, the Jedi, they're a myth or whatever. Like, they were, like, ages ago. But... I mean, we know the timeline And we know that, like It was only 19 years ago That they were commonplace All around the galaxy Yeah Like, sure Maybe not outer rim Like, they weren't just everywhere But they were known But then it, They kind of really Dropped into obscurity quickly And I think a reason for that Is Empire propaganda That's like, true Because like, they
1: would have tried To eliminate any sense Of the just sure, even like, existing They
0: started off with, like the propaganda being that they were evil in order to justify them being killed. Yeah. But then I reckon they would have pivoted pretty quickly to making like seem like fairy tales or.
1: Yeah, that's that, that that is actually a very interesting point because another thing is obviously Din Djarin, when he was only a kid and his parents saved him. Yeah. He was in the middle of a separatist battle and yes. obviously the Death Watch comes in and saves him. But yeah.
0: who it's knows? Like my favorite scene of the. That Metroid.
1: was pretty cool because we hadn't seen live action battle droids since Attack of the Clones. It's probably Infinity my
0: favorite scene of the whole show. But continue. yeah,
1: because the fact that they. Not, the, not only did he, was he saved by the Mandalorian He was saved by Death Watch Which yeah. is another cool Dave Filoni Sprinkling his creations everywhere sort of thing Yeah I like it But um, to the extent in which Ahsoka will be in Mandalorian The details on StarWars.net say uh, That Ahsoka isn't showing up in a giant cloak to stand And look at someone for 30 seconds and leave She's coming in to fight In our discussions with our, con- with our contacts We got the feeling that she gives off a Luke Skywalker At the end of The Last Jedi vibe In a sort of face down the First Order With a laser sword sort of way Uh, though I don't think she'll be doing any Force projections, and it will not be the First Order, of course. We've seen Ahsoka walk away from the Jedi Order in the past, but if she is once again embracing the religion, her arc may mirror that of the son of her master. So they're sort of going into the fact that Ahsoka's arc in The Mandalorian might be very similar to how we saw Luke in The Last Jedi. Not the cynical version who had walked away from the Jedi, but the person who had understood that... Look, I'm not sure if I condone everything they did, right. but I understand why. I understand the merits of it, and yeah. I will uh, stand to protect that as much as possible. So I, I think that's cool. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, uh, I I feel like as long as it doesn't feel like they just kind of reverted her character back to an earlier point when she was a Jedi,
1: because yeah.
0: in in points of like Rebels and and late Clone Wars, she clearly still holds respect for the Jedi and, yeah. like, agrees with them and, like, fights for them, but, like, in the same way. But she just personally doesn't herself subscribe to their way of, of like, religion or whatever. She, she but, ba-
1: she's basically, uh, you know, she fights for them. She doesn't want them to... Obvi- like, obviously, she is yeah. uh, she, she obviously cared when Order 66 happened. That's yeah. not to the extent where she says, like, she doesn't care about the Jedi. Yeah. She just doesn't care about the whole, like, you know, attachment forbidden, like, to yes. that extent.
0: She knows... She understood the problems with it and... And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess if they create some form of justification, if they really want to make her turn back into a Jedi. But
1: look, I don't. I, I really wouldn't like to see that. And I feel like Dave Filoni, because he's in charge. Yeah. I don't think he'd I let think that he happen. I, I really would. don't think he'd let that happen because he has great respect for Ahsoka. Um, Ahsoka is pos- is a lot of people's favorite character. She's yeah, definitely up sure. there for me. Sure. Um, with with these details, I like the fact that she is like because in the early, in the first sorry no the second dot point it sort of was alluding to the fact that she's readopted the ways of the Jedi, but this right. one is sort of alluding to the fact that it might not be that in that she, um, uh, you know, acts like a Jedi but is not a Jedi. So yeah, um, I think that'd be cool.
0: Yeah. I, I, again, I think we just have to wait and see because. There are always things that we think. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to see that, or that goes against the character. And in some cases, you know, you have gotta respect what's been done. But I-, I think most everything can be done if it's done well. And like, I trust Dave Filoni to treat this character with respect because it's he's He created her, and he's been like writing stories for her for like nearly a decade or whatever. Clone started up. So. Yeah,
1: I I have great faith in Dave Filoni and the creative team that they'll yeah. serve a so well. So uh, honestly, I don't have a thing. Yeah. I don't really think we have anything to worry about. I think it's in very good hands.
0: If anything, I'm excited.
1: I'm. D- 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 I mean, regardless of anything, <laughs> yeah, even if it's terrible, it's gonna be great. Regardless of anything that we say that might be like, okay, I might not want Ooh, to see that. I am here. super excited to see a Soaker in the Mandalorian.
0: I cannot wait to see more of it. It's gonna be her. lots of fun. Just yeah. another reason why to be excited for the Mandalorian so much.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. So anyway, that I think that covers that yeah. point. Uh, so now we can sort of get into our main topic for the day. Sure. Uh, basically, we sort of covered it at the, at the start of the show. What we're going to be doing for the next couple weeks—not like not like not the next nine episodes are going to be about this. We're okay. going to be uh, splitting them apart. In
0: between us having weekly or like yeah. topical content, we'll make sure to do the next Skywalker saga movies.
1: Basically, now that the Skywalker saga is quote. Finished, yes. uh, but what we're going <laughs> quite, to be finished, what yeah. we're going to be doing is doing a little bit of a retrospective of all the films and giving uh, your thoughts about uh, uh, basically what we think because yeah. obviously we've talked a lot about Star Wars but we haven't given you guys given you guys an in depth uh, yeah. basically a review I think of we've... each individual film and what our thoughts on yeah. them, uh, on the mark the earlier ones whether or not they hold up yeah. uh, what we would change if we were there something like that so I think
0: we've we've run down like like thematic ideas or specific characters we like or or even basically our general thoughts but we haven't we we really want to go in depth in these films we want to think like all the really things we didn't expect to like what we did expect to like like just how creative they are and i don't know just basically our full thoughts this whole episode from now on we are dedicated to talking about star wars episode one The Phantom Menace Yes,
1: because uh, obviously the first episode in the Skywalker Stargate is of course The Phantom Menace If you're thinking chronologically Yes, uh, which which we we will be, Which we will be doing uh, uh, for this little retrospective that we're going to do So, we're going to get into our thoughts on Phantom Menace And we watched it last night You, uh, Michael, watched it in prep Michael and I uh, separately watched Phantom Menace to prepare for this little discussion Uh, I had a great time
0: Oh my gosh, I did too. Because <laughs> I
1: hadn't seen Phantom Menace in a while.
0: I did not expect to enjoy this film as much as I did. Because I
1: think you, it's no secret that you are the bigger prequel
0: fan. I like yes. the prequels. I like them fine. I you I were- really love the world and like the era of the prequels. And I understand the problems people have with them. But I feel like there's always problems with Star Wars. And I think prequels... This is the thing, while I was watching it. I've noticed the original trilogy is great, but it's so real trilogy. It's got the feel of Star Wars, like that is what people know Star Wars has. Yes, the sequel trilogy tries very hard to capture the original feel of the original trilogy. Prequels, they don't feel like the original trilogy. Prequels is
1: just doing its own thing. Yeah,
0: they don't feel like the original trilogy. But gosh darn, do they still feel like Star Wars to me?
1: Because uh, that, that's a that's a great point. Is because a lot of the time in the sequel trilogy, regardless of your thoughts on them, they are very much a pale reflection of the original trilogy. They're trying to do what has been set up. The thing about the prequels is that there was a chance to do so much cool stuff because if you think about the sequel trilogy in relation to the original trilogy, you have so much similar stuff. The Star Destroyers look incredibly uh, similar. You've still got x wings you've still got TIE Fighters. It's
0: purposely designed to evoke all of the nostalgia that people have for the original trilogy to bring all the things that people loved in it and bring it to the new audience. But the thing about the prequels... That's fine in its own. Yeah,
1: Yeah, the thing about the prequels is that they have a lot of new stuff. They don't yeah. try to to be on the back of the original trilogy in any way. I... Obviously, in Revenge of the Sith, they have to push everyone yeah, into they're, 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 they're a they're New Hope starting position. Yeah, exactly. But we're not here to talk about Revenge of the no, Sith, we're, we're, we're here to talk about Phantom Menace. Menace.
0: I forgot how creative this film is. That's this, one of my
1: biggest pros, which I have written here. This because I, I wrote film
0: is filled to the brim with so much detail. Like, you can, like... The sets, like, the, the, the like, different worlds or locations they visit in every scene, it's, each one of them is so unique and so creatively designed. Like, Naboo, like, Theed, the the jungles of Naboo, Tatooine, yes, is the most closest to the original trilogy, but even then, we get to the Boon to Eve and the pod racing, so creative. We get to see Coruscant, which is such an a, a awesome, like, area to explore. I don't know, I just felt like this film was... was it felt like like George Lucas was able to just make and, and like other people worked on it as well. But like so much was passion was put into this, even if there were some major flaws in the overall like ending of it.
1: Which we'll get to. But, yeah, yeah. But there
0: was there was so much passion put into the world and like the characters. And another thing, a major criticism people have, especially if the visual effects of this film is over reliance on CGI. Yes. And there is a lot of CGI. Episode, oh, there's a lot of CGI. Especially in comparison to like original trilogy, which had basically nothing except for the extended editions. Um, no, the extended editions, the special, the editions. special editions. Yes. But there is actually way more practical effects in this film than I remembered. Okay. Yeah. Here's yeah. Here's the thing. For one, this film, out of every single Star Wars film, has the most miniatures in any of. Any of them ever made?
1: I did actually realize that because I remember I, I think it was like a movie, tri- a Star Wars trivia thing that I was yep. watching. I was like, which uh, episode uses the most, most like miniatures and yep. actual practical stuff? Yeah, and the answer is Phantom Menace. Exactly.
0: <laughs> also, so many of the scenes is like an incorporation of CGI and three and practical effects. And I think it's just because they don't they don't try and hide CG, so a lot of the time CG nowadays is about trying to hide CG in real effects to make it look seamless or make it look realistic. Whereas that's not what they were trying to do in Phantom Menace. they wanted to make the CG up front and centre, and so because of that it's very noticeable. But if anything, it means the practical effects are kind of hidden behind, and so when you find the real practical effects in this film, it's a joy to watch them. Like there's a number of the podcast, pod racing, sick se- podcasting, pod racing scenes which are like practically done, or a number of the aliens that are done which are like puppets or like animatronics, and it's it's really enjoyable to like find them and watch them in that film amongst the not the greatest aged CGI.
1: Yeah, well, because um, first of all, I love to hear you get passionate about Phantom Menace, because I know <laughs> yeah. how much you like I'm the Phantom Man. I'm weirdly Mass.
0: passionate about this. I didn't think I was. When I've, like, that's what I was
1: exci- That's yeah. why I was excited to have this as a topic because well, I knew you were just going to go off on your yeah. amazing thing to watch. So. With the
0: prequels, I mostly really liked, like like the, the Clone Wars era and the, the Phantom Menace. I was just like, I thought it was like kind of like the weaker child of the prequels, but yes. this was much better than I remembered. So yes, you were trying to say something. Uh,
1: I tried to watch this film with fresh eyes. Mm. Obviously, I've seen Phantom Menace a couple times. Of I hadn't seen Phantom Menace in a while before watching it last night. Yeah. But I tried to put myself in the mindset of okay, we've got, uh, you know, uh, uh, the original Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. I tried to put myself in the mind of someone in 1999 who's seeing Phantom Menace for the first time. And one of the first things I did notice was something that you have already mentioned in that. George Lucas really built out the world of Star Wars in this in this movie. Mm. Because uh, you got, regardless of their execution, you got a lot of cool new alien species. You got yeah. the
0: Neoid you got the Neomordians. Lots of awesome um, callbacks to older species as well. Like yes. just in the background, which I loved.
1: Because uh, this was the first time, I believe, that you would have seen like, you know, that little kid who comes up to Anakin when he's building the pod race and he's a Rodian. Wald. Right. Yeah. Wal- <laughs> Wald, I
0: love that you know his name. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, played by Warwick Davis.
1: Yes, that's true. Uh, Warwick Davis actually makes like
0: you know, three appearances
1: in this film, I think. Yes. Um anyway, yeah, so uh yeah, so I liked the fact that obviously all we got of the Rhodians in the original trilogy was, was Greedo and that's about it. And he doesn't show up in Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. I mean his species, obviously. Greedo was dead at that point. Uh, well, and then yeah. Phantom and then oh, sorry, you know, the and then in Phantom Menace, uh you get to see him again. So it sho- it shows that, you know, it's one of the cornerstones of George Lucas's ability to to build out the world is that he's showing people of the same species but showing them as as different characters which is which is great yeah
0: i think since we know that it's only about 29 years or so roughly since before a new hope it's like not the craziest, but it, it does. Been, it's, yeah, it's it's it w- ten years plus nineteen. 20,
1: years. 22 years. Oh, two,
0: yeah, sorry. There's three years of Clone Wars, isn't there? So Twenty-two, 22 years, years, years since the Oh, no. Are you no. meaning in universe? Or? In universe. In universe, there's thirty-two years. Yes, roughly. that's true. That's true. Um. So, but it does feel like the Star Wars universe, not at its peak, but before the world went crazy, like before the Empire took over. It that does, is true. It feels like the Star Wars universe, but like an older, more like innocent version of it, like. And yes, there are problems, like, we'll get to the, the politics of all things and all that. But, like, I think, I don't know, it just, it did feel like a Star Wars world without feeling like an original trilogy.
1: That is actually true. Another thing that I noticed is that it does a good job of showing you that it is a prequel. Yeah. Because, because a lot of the time, obviously the Empire's not a thing yet, yep. but it showed you that there was a real time of, like, of okay, like we, we've, accepted, we've accepted life. Like you know, as it is, the Jedi Knights are protect. They're basically like you know these people who go around and yes. uh, and and uh, well, because they weren't te- they weren't uh, considered uh, generals or leaders at that yeah, point. It's... They were just pro- they were just considered uh, uh, protectors of the peace. Because this was a time before the hypocrisy of the Jedi really took off. In that they said yeah. we're 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 keepers of the peace, not soldiers. Yeah. This was a time when they were keepers of the peace. I would say before and they I really became soldiers. Think
0: so. There were. There's certainly interest. There's lots of hints towards the hypocrisy of the Jedi. I mean, Qui Gon himself like represents that um, perfectly.
1: Well, jo- like Qui Gon Jinn's addressal of the- addressing of the uh, of of the Jedi Order and the and the Council is really when those cracks yeah. in the armor started to appear. I think so. so.
0: But it's interesting because the Jedi are somewhat controversially portrayed in this film in the sense where it's not what many people thought the Jedi would be. Which no, not really. Yeah, no, I probably- mean. I mean, the antithesis of that is the Metaclorians, but um, just even the sense of, like, them being, like, a very, like, strict order and, like, very religious and, like, also how, like, tied they are to, like, the politics of the Republic.
1: Yeah, this is sort of when I would start getting to, like, you know, when I said, you know, I tried to put myself in the mind of a 1999 person who's seeing it for the first time. Obviously, we never saw the full extent of the Jedi Knights, because obviously all you get in a New Hope is everyone saying you yeah. know for over a thousand generations kind of, the Jedi like Knights or, kind or the, of the like Guardians of Peace thing. and Justice. So you don't really, I don't imagine that I would have had a very good sense as to what the Jedi were like when they were at their peak. Yes. Uh, so when George Lucas got the opportunity to show what they were like at their peak, I was like you know. It's fine, you know, because like, a lot of the time all you do really see them do is sit in chairs and talk. But, like, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi are, the re- are really the ones that you get to see in action. And then you get to see more of it in Attack of the Clones regardless of its execution. But um, I think that I would have been, you know, sort of okay with it at the time. Obviously, because it's just common knowledge to us because we've grown up with it. We don't really have a, uh, a very good outlook on it. But, uh, I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Uh,
0: yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't mind the way they've done, just because, especially because I grew up with this film. So it's very hard not to take in account my own personal experience. And so yeah. I always just knew the Jedi as this, and then from that knew the Jedi as being no longer that in the original trilogy. Yeah, because I, I could understand the criticism. Yeah, well, that, because
1: we we were obviously we were born after Phantom Menace came out. Yeah. So. Uh, there was, there's, well, there's we've already made this joke there's never been a time in either of our lives where we didn't know anything about the first generation yeah, of Jedi. We've always sure. known what they've been like. so it's very much impossible to put us into a mindset where we actually where, we're, it, where it's completely ambiguous sure. like you know if there was if we were you know in that sweet spot between return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace, there would have been a time where we didn't know what the Jedi were like beforehand but we do so we're sort of saddled with that.
0: I, I guess one thing you could kind of relate it to is Luke and Last Jedi. Because, like, in that sense, we knew what Luke was, and we had our visions of what Luke would be post- Return of the Jedi, and in that yeah. sense, Luke was just not what many people expected that to be. Definitely not what I was, was. Similar to a lot, and like a lot of people had criticisms with that, like this is not what we expected it to be. And I guess you could kind of relate that to the way people expected to the the Jedi to be in the prequels. It's well. a very,
1: it's a very, it's a very similar sense of I wonder what this would look like yeah. before they actually did show it. Exactly. So I feel like you know what it's a really good comparison. Michael is that you know. They didn't know what Luke would be like after Return of the Jedi, and then we sh- and then th- and then they showed us, and a lot of people weren't happy with it. Right. It, it's it's sort of another. It's 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 very uh, uh, comparable to this. Is that we didn't know what the Jedi Knights were like when they were actually in order, and yeah. then when they did show it, people were like, "It's
0: fine." I think in a similar way that now people have like started to grow on the prequels and actually like really enjoy them as because they so they grew up with. Yeah. I think that will happen with the sequels as you get older, because like a lot of people were introduced to Star Wars. Through the sequels, which as might as might be for us, has how insane that is. You know, yeah. for people that's their Star Wars film. We're not that young. <laughs> we were around before the sequels. Yeah, um, we did. We did actually yeah. watch the sequels as they came out. Like uh,
1: another thing that I noticed about the film when I was watching it last night is yep. uh, well, we've, also, we've, we've sort of gone. We've sort of gone on about the fact that there's no discernible lead in the Phantom Menace, and that right. can sort of make it hard to
0: follow. But if you were to pick anyone, I would say Qui-Gon I mean, yeah, he's top build And boy does he carry this film He's very good Liam Neeson's
1: great as Qui-Gon Jinn Which is funny because he took the job Without reading a single word of the script Did you know that?
0: Did not know that He
1: that That is what so, happened uh, So yeah, that, that was that's an interesting little tidbit for you people who Well, go.
0: it doesn't show He, I don't know He feels like not only was he made for the role as like he carries the, the aura, the presence of, of Qui-Gon As being this wise But also like unorthodox Jedi. Yes. I mean, here's how reckless he is with gambling on there because his trust in the Force is so strong. Well, like... You know what was funny? <laughs> yes. Is that... Because uh, Padme, in yeah.
1: the in the pod race sequence, uh, uh, echoes yeah. a lot of us, I reckon, because there's that moment like, where she goes, wait, wait, you've never even finished a <laughs> yeah. race? And it's like, Kickster's right, I will this time. <laughs> Kista, yeah. And then qui Gon's like, of course you will. And <laughs> if you go back and look at it, there's a, just... like the face... That yes, she makes to him, yes. she's like, "Are He's you kidding me?"
0: And she's like, "What are you doing?" What it's are like, you doing? The queen trusts my judgments. Like you assume too much. Yeah.
1: She well, you know bad. what? You know what else? Yeah. Uh, I noticed. Obviously, Padme is the queen. Yes. Sorry if you didn't know that. It's been mm. what is it? Uh, uh 21 yeah, years. we've
0: spoiled. You probably should have watched this film, I guess, at some point.
1: Yeah. Uh, but basically, obviously, she's got the decoy who stays on the ship the entire yes. time. But there's that point where the decoy uh, of the Queen, Kira Knightley or whatever, mm. uh, she tells Padme to clean R2-D2. Yeah. So I know. Says, I noticed this as well. Hey, excuse, excuse me, yes. my Queen, would you please go clean that droid?
0: I noticed this as well. Many times in the film, it's like, if she needs to make a decision, she looks to Padme, gets some form of cue... On those lines, or like Padme sent to do things, but there is that one point in the film where Archie 2 d needs to be cleaned, and not I don't I can't see any discernible reason why she would get the Queen. To she picks as the Queen. Any other handmaiden. <laughs> and you know what
1: else is that? Uh, uh, Panaka, when he comes out of the ship and says, yes. uh, we, uh the Queen insists that you take this woman with you. Yeah. Uh, and take uh, we take Padme with you. Yeah. A- again, that's the Queen. I know. And, and uh, seeing as Panaka, like twenty minutes earlier, was like. We can't take the Royal Highness to Tatooine. it's controlled by gangsters. Yes. Right. Clearly he doesn't clearly he has no idea. Because Does he not know? He couldn't have known if he had let Padme go with He's them the into Mosque Island. How there was, is he not though? There was no way he could have known because if he had known that Padme was actually the Queen, there was no way he would have let her go. Yeah. So that's it's true. it's so I feel like it's so that tight knit of a secret.
0: So she just did it like with her handmaidens. Like this is her I decision. She's uh, I,
1: uh, whatever. I can't remember like you know Kieran these character's name yep. who plays the decoy. Like yeah. the, the decoy's actual name. But sure. she's clearly having a lot of fun with yeah. the fake queenness of her job.
0: Also, Captain Panaka's not that great of a of a security guard. If, if I guess <laughs> it's a lot of makeup and stuff. But he can't even tell what the. But the princess uh, You, know, you is... know
1: what else? You know when, when the first time you see them, yeah. and it's like, uh, Chancellor Palpatine, no, Ch- uh, Senator Palpatine at the time's yep. uh, transmission breaks off. Yeah, like, check the transmission generator. And then the guy says, oh, well, um, you know, communications disruption can mean only one thing. Invasion. invasion. But I'm like, well, yeah, but you can also, like, check the Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: this, that, that guy is interesting. He just, like, caves immediately. Oh, what's his name? Um, oh, I'm not oh, sure. God, I remember it. It's, it's Governor something. It, there's
1: a, There's a B in his last name, I yeah. believe. I can't remember.
0: Do you know what I find, which is hilarious. Okay. So, when the droids are coming in and starting to invade feed, um, Yes. And Admedala is watching from the window in her, like, red dress that she wears. Yeah. And they come in attack in, 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 in her. It cuts to the next scene where they're being taken away. She's had a costume change. She changed
1: to <laughs> yes. get escorted to camp
0: four. Here's the thing, though. It is that she, like at that point, she was Amidala at the. She, she was Padme Amidala at the at that point. Yes. And then, uh, upon the change, you can see it's Kira Knightley and that um the, uh, the actress. What's her name? Uh, Which actress? Uh, Padme. Uh, Padme. Oh, Natalie Portman. Yeah, Natalie Portman is, is yeah. and like the Handmaid of the time, and so it is like. In that sense, like she's switched to her decoy, but like if with its if, very noticeable. If you didn't notice that, it's like she had to get changed to a completely different royal getup. For one, her like ominous looking at the window outfit into her being escorted and captured outfit. I know. She's
1: just, <laughs> oh, it's a dark time. I need to and, change into some darker colors. And there's
0: some elaborate costumes on on Padme. What?
1: I uh, seriously like her. Like <laughs> the <laughs> there costume was that, there was that thing where out where out of ten, out of Obi, Obi- Wan's communicating with Qui Gon is like. Um, is there much you could? Is there much we could barter or, or with on the <laughs> yes, ship? Yes. The, the queen's wardrobe, maybe, <laughs> because there's so much stuff that there's like she has a costume change yeah. every. I remember Carrie Fisher at one point when she was having an interview. Obviously, she was yes. like, she was she was having a joke or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, that uh, George, hey, that that girl, what's her name, Queen Armadillo or something. Yes. She has a new outfit in every scene. Only, but I only got to wear one like white sheet. Yeah. And it's, it's 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 true, obviously.
0: Oh, what a hilarious thing. To mention is uh, Amadala's accent that she puts on as the Queen. Like you get like Padme's real accent when she's like talking as Padme, but like the fake accent they put on so that they can both mimic their voice. <laughs> I had a little funny thought where it's like, well, now you now I understand where Princess Leia gets it from of just inexplicably talking in a random accent at unexplainable times in The New Hope. It's because her mum did that all the time. She's just honouring
1: what her mum did yeah. because I, cause they just... They just w- Talk in different ways to hide yes. their pain or something. I don't know. The
0: separatists will not. Done. They will not accept de- this in the Senate. <laughs> you Be- will not stand for this. My people die.
1: Beware, Viceroy. Right. The Federation has gone too far this, this time. time. <laughs>
0: Oh, so cool. Oh, uh, so, so
1: good. And now, I tried to dismiss myself from having seen Phantom Menace God knows how many times yeah, and the yes. fact that I know that it's a decoy. Mm. I sort of started to think, like, you know, if I was a person just going to see it in 1999, would I have noticed that it's a decoy and it's a completely different person? Now, obviously, Keira Knightley and Natalie Portman yeah. do look sort of similar.
0: Especially in the makeup they do. I mean, yeah. you can tell when you know, but without it, you couldn't tell.
1: Yeah, so I, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't... I think I would have noticed back in 1999. I think
0: 10. if you knew the actor, if you knew that 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 Padme, that the that um Amidala was supposed to be played by um Natalie Portman, and then you see Natalie Portman as, as the as Padme, but then again she wasn't really a known actor. At the I
1: time. don't know un- unless they spoiled it in like the casting, That's like the, like they did the soundtrack. I don't know, probably they because might have. They, you realize that there's a there's a, there's a, uh, a score on the soundtrack <laughs> cool, cool, before the film came out that said like. Qui Gon's noble end, or something. Oh, I'm like, come sucks. on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whatever. The uh, thing
0: is, when someone went with Padme, like they were really young at the time. I think Padme. I think I googled it last night. Natalie Portman, Natalie
1: Portman was 18 when 18. she filmed it. Right, she was, but I think she's only supposed to be like yes. 14 or 15 in uh, the film.
0: I think in universe she's 16, which is 16, interesting because cool. the way that Naboo does their elections, like they're are she's a, she's supposed to be Queen Amidala. Sorry. Uh, and but she's like elected so it's basically like a representative well but she like, she she
1: she served two terms yeah. as, as the queen of Naboo yeah, so I'm not sure if she was towards forward. the end of her term uh, no, in Phantom Menace obviously we see her yeah, next ten years later although I
0: think they did say she was new and naive or something in the film or something but when uh, is young and naive that's the one or, yeah but like yeah, she's 16. They elected a 16-year-old to be in charge of Naboo, the entire planet. I know. Which is an interesting way to run your country. I mean your planet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: so I like the going back to how George Lucas built out the built out the world. Yes. Reg, uh, regardless of how good the you know, the CGI is, I go back to when they're uh, traveling through um, the the ocean mm. and you see all those cool sea creatures. Yeah. They're awesome. I like to see that. And also, you know, what got me thinking is yep. that obviously Obi Wan Kenobi has been Memed to oh, extent. So good. How come we don't see more of Qui Gon's? There's always a bigger fish. <laughs>
0: I think that happens twice. There's like the same joke twice that they're being chased by a fish and then a bigger fish eats it. I know. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Um, I love that old underwater section just because it really adds a unique idea of Naboo. Because Naboo itself is such a fun planet with like. It's you know, got, it'd like, be a nice place to live. Yeah, it's got like the fun herb. Ur- I mean, they, that's the whole point in uh, Attack of the Clones. They're like they want to retire in Naboo or whatever. But, yeah. Um, it's got the fun, like, city part with, like, feed. Um, I... Th- it's interesting whether they're trying to make it seem like they're, like, kind of co- colonised Naboo. Like, are Gungans supposed to be the local population and then the humans, like, colonised it? I I, I... I don't know. Because I... I, I really... I really don't yeah, know. I mean... Because, like, the way they pretend... They, they, they say that they, they don't like each other. Is because the Gungans view the humans as thinking they're above the Gungans, which then they say like they're not when they bow to them or whatever. Yeah, and so that stops then. But I don't know. It it kind of, it's hard not to see it as like, because they, they make them seem like they're like they're locals, they're like indigenous, like they're not as intelligent, and like that's shown to be in the film that it's not. I mean, it's hard. It it just it's hard not to see it as like the humans are the colonizing ones that like kind of colonized the planet the Gungans were already on. Like, yeah. otherwise, how do these species? like just completely not interact with each other for like thousands of billions of Misa years. Misandrin no like. about
1: Don Naboo. Yes. Uh, so good.
0: I did love how like the core of the planet is ocean, which is like a like a really unique type of planet uh, idea which we don't really have much. Yeah. Like like the idea that like they went through the core of the planet which is like a deep underwater ocean area to get to the other side of Naboo, which was really cool. I like that part.
1: Yeah. Uh, another thing that I really liked when I watched re- when I rewatch Phantom Menace is yes. the the musical cues are obviously on point oh, because yes. I mean, uh, say what you will about uh, whatever film in Star Wars is your least favorite. <laughs> if John Williams is involved, you're going to get some it's awesome, awesome themes. Because not because we could talk about Jewel of the Fates* Till the cows come home. It is uh, it is possibly the best score in Star Wars, like you talked about as best at all, with yeah. it on our first episode. Uh, but there were just other musical cues that get that he uh, hits perfectly whenever. Sidious is on the screen You get the duh, nah, nah, yeah. the, the Emperor's theme and all the different themes Yeah and uh, You know when Whenever the force is mentioned You get the Like you know When, when Qui-Gon is talking to him about Use your instincts May yeah. the force be with you It's there When he has the discussion about Who Anakin's father was It's there mm. That is a flawless part of Phantom Menace in my opinion So
0: <laughs> Are we going to get like, to the uh,
1: Elephant in the room? What's the elephant in the room?
0: Little Annie
1: Oh uh, okay What are your thoughts on Little Annie?
0: Uh, Has he grown on you, or is he in uh, mixed? All
1: right, so those were our thoughts on Little
0: Annie. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm obviously nostalgic. It's the thing. I'm weirdly nostalgic for this film, which I didn't expect going into it, in like a lot of the scenes and stuff. But uh, yeah, pretty much most of the scenes with Annie, and especially Jarja, which is the other elephant in the room. We're okay. Haven't addressed. Okay. we,
1: we we've, we're trying to be as positive as we can. <laughs> yeah. There are, there are a couple. There are many flaws <laughs> that I wanted to get into it's, because it, it, it like, does.
0: It's just it does kind of it slows down a lot when it's just them on Tatooine with like Anakin that's true and then it gets fast again with the pod that, that's, and that's, and
1: that's, that's that's the thing I was going to get into next is that sometimes the pacing throws yeah. off a little bit because I, I, yeah, something that's sorry. great about the let's ta- take the original trilogy yep. for instance is that with Empire first act you get Hoth second act it's very much based in space and yep. Dagobah and then the last act is Cloud City there's 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 three discernible places that you can separate the film into that yeah. makes it feel like it's very well yeah. categorized yeah. and it flows well
0: Phantom Menace mostly has that
1: in Return of the Jedi you get you get Tatooine then it's mostly set in space when uh, sorry not mostly set in space it's in Endor yeah Endor and does then, slow down a little bit in my and, opinion but and then, then like the Death last Star bit is Death Star battle mostly set in space so the, the thing that they got down well is showing a good three act structure that you can uh, y- you know you can basically go into it at any time and, and, and have yeah. a good and have a good uh, time watching yes. it the thing about Phantom, Phantom Menace is I feel like it it sort of gets bogged down in that a little is obviously you've got Naboo at the start yeah, and, and then, then you Tatooine, go to Tatooine where it slows down a lot and,
0: again. and
1: then Coruscant and then Naboo again so there's when we go back to Naboo I see like you know it is obviously something that we've seen already so then you sort of start to get a little bit um I would say less invested because we know what this place looks like. Although
0: I personally feel like the bits on Naboo are the best parts of the film.
1: I'd say so too. I mean, like I'd say the, the main bit that really uh, detracts from me is when they're on Coruscant. because yeah. Because obviously that's when the trade stuff happens and everyone has <laughs> their feelings on the politics. They call.
0: Yeah. But again, it sort of <laughs> I feels like a, new, a... vote of no confidence on Chancellor niblois yeah, that, it, 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 honestly, it
1: honestly just feels like this little hiccup in the movie That we have to see before going back into the third act Because they needed to show the Jedi They yeah. needed to show the Senate So
0: yep. I, I, don't, I don't know um, I, Those yeah, are my was, thoughts on it It was the it. way they were building up in the plot Like the plot of being around the problem with thing And, and you understand it in the, in the. I think at the time everyone was like Why are we caring about politics in this film? But like with the whole scale of the prequels, we now know that this is all a setup for Palpatine to take control and take absolute power. Yes. And So in that sense, you can rationalize it as, oh, the purpose of this is for Palpatine.
1: I can understand why it's there. I Understand <laughs> that with the in in from a filmic context, yeah. it doesn't flow it that does, well. Yeah,
0: it does. It's a weakness of the film, but I think it's necessary for the overall story of the prequels. Yeah. I did have a few interesting things about the uh, the politics section. For one, when they're talking about the people that have also been nominated. Alongside Palpatine, uh, they mention Bale uh, Antilles from Alderaan. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I. So I did a little research. Yeah, yeah, get into this, please. So Bale Antilles is a separate person to Bale Organa and a separate person to Ramus Antilles and Wedge Antilles. Because <laughs> here's, here's the thing I
1: I didn't remember it properly, so I always thought in that scene he says Bale Organa yeah, of Alderaan.
0: I thought so too. But it's someone completely different. It's, yeah, it's it's Bail Antilles, and so uh, so a little research. Um, so originally Bail Organa was called Bail Antilles, and, oh. and Organa and Alderaan was called Organa, uh, o- Organa, o- Organa or something. Okay. But like they changed it to being uh, Alderaan, and they named Bail Organa. And so they originally then were going to call him Bail Antilles or whatever. Um, okay. And he originally was ha- going to have a bigger part, so they filmed a deleted scene. Which an actor played Bale Antilles and was like, "I second the vote of no confidence," whatever. But that was cut out, and so they then replaced the actor for Bale Antilles, and then just added in uh, Jimmy Smiths for Bale Organo. and the-
1: I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's that. Because I because I noticed that when when he says when he says uh, you know Bale Antilles of. of- Alderaan. I always thought it was Organa, but it's not. Yeah. So, it's, yeah.
0: I mean, it's interesting, because, like, before I did my research, I legitimately thought, like, what is this? They're just, like, they need someone from Alderon. What are the two names they know from Alderon? They've got Remus Antilles and Bail Organa. Put them together. Bail Antilles. Let's just do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's interesting. Now, going back to what you did mention him, we've got Jar Jar. Yes. Now, everything that you could possibly say about Mr. Binks has been said. So, mm-hmm. I, so we're not going to focus on...
0: Uh, one thing... I have a positive thing I like about Jar Jar. All right, go ahead. It's one scene where where uh, most of the film is annoying, but uh, <laughs> yes. But there's one scene where Ad- Padme asks him, are you a Gungan? And he says, like, yes, sir. But he's got a really wholesome smile in that moment. And it's just innocent. Like, I don't know. In that moment, like, I, I, I loved Jar Jar for, like, a split second when I'm like, oh, he's really wholesome. He's just like, he's like... Talking to the prince, like the queen, and he's like representing his people, and then he goes back to being annoying. But I don't know. I feel like in this one little part of the scene, his little smile, the way they animated him, his response, it was just kind of wholesome.
1: Sure. <laughs> you
0: completely disagree? That's okay. No, no, no,
1: no, no, no. It's, it's, I don't, uh, you are. Completely, completely entitled to that opinion, (laughs) Michael. Anyway. Entitled to it, but wrong. All I will. No, I didn't say that. All I will say is that when Qui Gon saves Jar Jar Binks' life, and he says, the ability to speak does not make you intelligent, now get out of here. I wish Jar Jar had Uh. listened. Now let's move on. No, alright, alright.
0: There are some legitimately great burns in this. So, Obi Wan has got a great one. He's got. When Anakin's being brought back. You know what Obi Wan's immediate response is? Why do I get the feeling you have found another pathetic life form? Seriously,
1: like Obi Wan, <laughs> Obi Wan grows and he becomes like the guy who defeats Darth Maul and takes the responsibility of, ser- of 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 training this kid. So, so but a lot of the times he's a real savage. Well, like,
0: not if- only is he talking about Jar Jar, which is warranted, but about Anakin. Why do I feel like you've picked up another pathetic life form?
1: He calls Jaja and Anakin pathetic life forms essentially. Obviously oh, he had, yeah, he, had, yes, he, he, does. he hadn't met Anakin yet, so no. he didn't really have a good frame of reference. So I don't no, think he thought that wrong. the entire <laughs> time, but like oh. clearly Anakin never knew that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Jaja yeah, he he's got problems, but you know, I feel like the film is still good. Even with him, I, I feel like there are there are things that we can enjoy in the film despite Jar being a major part of the film. He's there
1: to shut he he's there to give us a a way into the Gungan yeah. army at the
0: end. Yeah, it's he's a plot device, and they wanted to do a CGI character. Although, one major, really cool part of Phantom Menace... Yes. ...we haven't talked about which I think we should, is pod racing.
1: Of course. The pod race scene is, uh, I think... Because we were talking about some... Uh, there's a lot of questionable CGI in yeah. the Phantom Menace, and it doesn't hold up very well. But the podcast... Uh, pod, 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 I, we <laughs> keep podcasting. We keep saying pod... Now this is podcasting. this is podcasting. No,
0: uh, the pod race. <laughs> yes. um, I feel like the CGI here holds up pretty well. It does. I mean, that's the thing. There is actually a lot of practical in it as well. Well, yeah. You might not know, but there is also a lot of CG. It's
1: clear that they wanted to put most of the CGI budget into this pod race. Yes. Because it was something that George Lucas obviously really wanted to show. Yeah. You get a great sense of
0: speed, exactly, which is great. Yeah. The CGI holds up. The sound mixing I, is great. I loved it. You get like fully engrossed in it, and like I think it's fun. Like all of the different uh, people. So I've watched a number of the deleted scenes that were out, uh, not included in the film, and one. Of Wasn't the... it supposed to be
1: the pod race? Wasn't it supposed to be like twice as long originally? Yeah, no,
0: the pod race itself, I'm not sure, but the opening scene was. So in the original in the movie, they only introduced about two or three of the pod races. Ben Millani. But in the deleted the scene, they introduce about eight of them, and they're just hilarious. Each introduction, they're little CGI characters. They've got little goofy things happening. It's just so. You absurd. know, what I actually
1: thought that is because before Anakin shows up, and like, and the late entry, young Anakin Skywalker, a yeah. local boy, right? Yes. They show about I don't know, maybe four or five yeah, other races. Exactly. But when they do the big, like, like, uh, uh, yeah, you know, long, long shot, there's like twelve. Like, there's yeah. there's lots of them. So it shows how many did they originally plan on yes. doing. That would have been awesome, and oh, no. Michael has the Episode 1 Visual Dictionary here, <laughs> yeah. so we're going to take you through a couple of them and show those. what would have happened if okay. they were
0: all featured. You've got my favourite character. Alright, I love Ben Quadraneros. Don't get me wrong, we're, we're big Quadraneros fans here, and it's great. You know, he like, gets angry at his computer screen until this thing blows up, which Best is Best character in Star Wars. But I love Team Toe Pegalis. Doesn't matter to Doesn't mean anything if you don't see. He's the... He's got a... He's one of the CGI ones, not one of the practical ones. And he's the guy that goes, like, uh, sorry
1: <laughs> So,
0: it... Because, uh, listeners at home, uh, he's the one that, like, does, like, the weird hand movements to his mouth. He, like, he... He's he, really he, pompous. And...
1: He brushes his, like... His yeah. his, his dimples, I guess. Yes.
0: <laughs> okay, and then you got Rats Tyrell, who's, like, the, the little small guy who's blue. In Clone Wars, they were the people that, that, that um... The, he's the species of that uh, c 3 couldn't communicate with, that he had to learn to communicate with. Do you remember oh, that episode? right. Yes, no, I'm, I do. I'm I not do. sure the specific uh, race, but in the deleted scene, he was one of the ones that was talked about in the deleted scene. I see. And they mention his family, and it cuts <laughs> to a scene of a, of a female of his species, a baby, and like two people <laughs> say that she recently came back from the hospital. You have to watch this deleted scene. <laughs> that they recently came back from the hospital. Uh, and that they, um, that they, that they hope that they'll have good luck today, and like shows like the baby version of them. It's like it's such a weird choice. What the hell? It's
1: so good. I have to show you that. Anyway, anyway got, yeah. So that is the yeah. uh, that's the that, that's the pod race sequence. I think that that's the film. Sorry, the, the part of the film that holds up the yeah. best. The only thing that I would say, I do have a critique for the pod race, is that there well, was I've got a fun theory. For that, the pod race, that, there was one thing that I did notice is that. Um, in relation to, regardless of where they are on the track, yeah. right? Let's say for the first lap, the the, the first lap that they show, yeah. there's that part where they go through like a small ravine before going into that dark yes. cave, where it pans from like left to right, and it's you know, yes. it, it does it in that way. Basically, for all three of the laps, you see that exact same shot, basically three times over. Whether it's with right. different podca- pod the pod Race. racer or what whatever, um, you know, the, the the pod races change. Mm. But the shots don't yep. So I, they're very, very similar So again, this is, this is more so from a filmic context that I noticed Because sure. I like yeah. to be a little bit more analytic about the filmmaking yeah. itself that got, was like bit, um, that got a little bit. That got a little bit repetitive yeah. for me. But that's 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 really it. Honestly, I think,
0: I mean, they do try and like it's like highlighting the three different laps in each one and stuff. But I, I do agree that there is definitely that because there are,
1: there are some POV shots from like Anakin's yeah. perspective. I would have liked to see more of that.
0: I, yeah, there there are some really interesting shots in that. I think you know what this fun, interesting little theory I heard, which is more of a joke theory. All but, right, let's hear it. So you got you got the Tuscan Raiders right, and like they're they're on the field just yeah. trying to shoot and stuff. Yeah. Like, the, the theory is that the Tuscan Raiders are actually time travellers who've gone back in time to try and kill their version of, of Space Hitler when he was a baby. <laughs> or, like, or, like, Anakin is the, basically the version of Space Hitler as Darth Vader, and they've gone back in time to try and shoot him. What? I know. It's ridiculous, but it's a fun idea. <laughs> Sure, why not? She's <laughs> <laughs> just like accepting like, you're insane. But you know, <laughs> yeah. it's fun. Uh, yeah, okay. So I just had a lot of fun with this film that I didn't expect I would. I actually really enjoyed my rewatch.
1: Now, we talked a little bit about Little Annie. Now, We're there, like... are, there, there are, there's actually a really cool part that I saw. Mm. Is that um, in when they're having dinner or yep. whatever in Shmi and Anakin's home, yes. obviously he sees Qui-Gon's lightsaber and that's why he asks, yes. are you a Jedi Knight? But something that something Laser cool, sword. like a cool little detail that uh, I never picked up is uh, when they bring up pod racing, and Qui-Gon says that he's seen some before on Malastair. He says, like you know, Anakin's like I'm only I'm, only, I'm the only human who can do it. Yep. And then uh, Qui-Gon says you must have Jedi reflexes if you race pods. Mm. And then right after, Jar Jar tries to do the whole tongue. Uh, uh, you know, yes. Yoshi thing with his with his oh, tongue yes. where he grabs an apple, and his reflexes are really fast. Yeah. Right? So obviously, in that moment, Anakin sort of pieced those two little things together, and that's when he said, "You're a Jedi Knight, aren't you?" Yeah. So something little like that that isn't expe- explicitly explained is something cool that I think I'm you not sure. That I'm not sure if George Lucas uh, did that on purpose. I'd like to think he I, did. I would like to think so as well. Like, yeah. But, uh, that that like, was a cool little thing ones, that I never like noticed. The, the
0: laser sword and like the talking about the Jedi and all that, and like. It makes sense that he's heard of it, but like, yeah, subtle thing like that. I never. If think it about. was, if it was me, I
1: would have made it so that Anakin did not see Qui Gon's lightsaber, and yeah. he pieced together that he's a Jedi Knight just from that. Yeah. Not only would that, have, that not only would that have built up uh, Anakin's, yeah, you know, perception of the world around him, his yeah. ability to see things the before idea, they like, happen. The
0: reason why he's such a good pod racer is because he's so strong in the Force. Yeah, and
1: the reason that he, it's because he picks these things up. Yeah. That's why he's so strong. I would have liked to see a little yeah. bit more
0: of that in uh, instead of like, instead of You've got enough him evidence just... to show that, that that was at least an idea. That's, That's true. I would
1: have liked true. to see him maybe not notice the lightsaber and have him piece it together on his own. That would yeah, have been cool. I agree. Um, another thing that I would have liked to see more of in Anakin is... Well, I would have just made him older in general. I agree. Because Although the, the, he was already too old for like, them and the, the academy. They like didn't want to trade him. It's great to see yeah. him... It's great to see, like, you know... Nine-year-old Anakin, sure. There are two things that are the two fundamental things that I would have changed about him. Yes, I would have made him older, and uh, someone who I would have liked better, Jake Lloyd is Jake Lloyd. Well, uh, I think but,
0: you've told me about this. Too. I think
1: I had told you. We've had discussions about this off off podcast. But uh, uh, the sixth then- the sixth yeah. sense had come out the exact same year with Haley Joel Osment, the really yeah. good child actor from the sixth sense. Not only is he well, he was a tremendous actor. He would have been great, but the main thing that you have to remember about Anakin Skywalker is that that dark side of him was always there. Yeah. And I would have liked to see Haley Joel do it because he did that to a T in movies like The Sixth Sense or AI with Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Movies like that. That's why I think he would have been a great choice for a young Anakin, so. Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. If you were going to make him the same age, yeah. I would have had him uh, be like that. Or if you were going to make him a little bit older, someone who would have been able to really carry it on in uh, you know Attack of the Clones Revenge of End of the Sith when he gets older... Is someone like Jake Gyllenhaal? Because not only was he well, he's also a really great actor. But Donnie Darko had just come out, where he was right. uh, someone who obviously was having a lot of fun with what he was doing. Yeah. But also, he was this guy who had a really, really dark side to him. Yeah. And I think that's very important for I Anakin Scar- to 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 show with Anakin
0: Skywalker. So, yeah. um, Jake Jake Lloyd does alright. It's he he's he does well with what he's given. I think so. Uh, and he definitely captures like the young innocence of it, and like and like his. Like the fear And like the sadness I don't know they, they build up like The idea of he's like He's like He's got strong Connections to those Around him I think Which in the Jedi Is a dark side trait Yeah yeah so I
1: think that You know The main scene That I really uh, Pinpoint as him Actually doing a good job Because yeah. sometimes It's like Eh but yeah. I think that the really the, the yeah thank you Sorry, thank you worry. Michael uh, the scene that he's really good in is when he says goodbye to his mum yeah. when he says goodbye to Shmee because not only do him and uh, Penella August the woman playing Shmi uh, yeah. they have really great chemistry yeah. and the part where he says goodbye and he's like will I ever see you again I think he does really well other points not so much but um, you know are
0: you an angel oh God. Uh, it's okay, so. the beautiful thing in the world. They come from the moons of Iago, I think.
1: Now I think that uh, another thing that I would have liked to see more about it, Michael. You crack yourself up. Sorry. and uh, yeah, another thing that I'm ruining
0: everything and trying to be honest. And no, like, no, 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 no. legitimate critique and it's, I'm out here trying to get you to laugh. It's okay. It's
1: totally fine. No, it's a good. Uh, it's a good dichotomy. It's all right. <laughs> yes. But anyway, another thing I'll get that to would, eventually. yeah, okay. <laughs> you've gotten me a couple times. Okay. The big hey zoo thing had me in stitches yes. last week. Um, Basically, what, would I, what I would have liked to see more of in terms of Anakin mm. is, yeah, just make him a little bit darker. Because obviously you say that the attachments that he has to those around him makes him uh, a dark, yeah. uh, are represented but as it also dark him to the light in the, the perspective of the Jedi. But yeah. if you wanted to show to just the general audience that there was always a dark a darker side yeah. to Anakin Skywalker... You have him be a little bit more aggressive in points. Yeah, because that's true.
0: Well, and we definitely get that in later things.
1: We but. do, because you know, obviously that was built up more when he murders the Tuscan Raiders after his mum dies.
0: Subtle. And, nice.
1: ob- and obviously, when certain children lose their lives in Revenge of the Sith. But well, if you wanted to, but if you wanted to show it in Phantom Menace, I don't know. This is like, obviously this is I haven't taken time to write a full damn script. No. But if you just wanted to have him be a little bit more aggressive when he has altercations
0: yeah. with Sabolba or yeah, he's he's or, generally more like. He's actually very disarming in this. He's he's
1: very passive oh, when he talks to yeah. when he talks to Saboba.
0: I would have liked because Anakin Skywalker
1: is Anakin Skywalker. I would have liked to see him, even if he did get a little bit aggressive in terms of physicality. Like if yep. he had if he had threatened his mother at some point, he would have mm-hmm. like you know. Yep. Or, or you know if Watto had treated him. Yeah. yeah. Badly at, at I, some I point. I agree. You could would have. Because imagine if you had shown Anakin get really angry and really physical with someone, and then I don't know something starts to. Shake like the stuff, like you know, the, the lights start to flicker, something like that. It shows not only that he has a dangerously strong connection to the Force, yeah. but also if Qui Gon was around, he would have had to pull him up, say Anakin, stop, or whatever, because you know yeah. that that shows that he wants to train him. He is the Chosen One, but there is a dark side to yeah, him. Yeah, it's it's a shows That Qui Gon chose to forego. I, I
0: think he understands that, but it's just not very clear to the audience. I
1: feel like that would have given a whole new layer to Qui Gon in yeah. that. He understands that this is the kid that he needs to make sure reaches his potential. Yeah. But which adds to the tragedy of him being killed off. Exactly. But I feel like if you had shown something like this, it would have uh, shown that Qui-Gon knew there were risks, but he did it anyway. For sure. And yeah. you know what? That actually brings up another thing that I do really like yep. about the Phantom Menace. And it's and it's uh, all the more impactful now that we have a lot more backstory for Qui-Gon and yep. his thoughts on the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Is when he's about to take Anakin away. Yes. He says... Look, it's not an easy life. Because mm. he says, like, you know, it's not an easy challenge to become a Jedi. And even if you succeed, it's a very, very hard life. This is Qui Gon not speaking as a Jedi, but yeah. as a human being and as a mentor to Anakin. Because yeah. an- Qui Gon, in, in a very similar way, feels the same. He is a Jedi, he follows and he respects them. But a lot of the time, he has a hard life in terms of uh, uh, staying yes. on this very strict path that the Jedi have created for him. So. I like to think that he was sort of giving Anakin a uh, a bit of a heads up. Obviously, Anakin chose to do it anyway, but I don't know. I always really love that about Final character. I agree character. that was
0: a good scene. Uh, with what you were saying with Anakin, I I agree that they could have explored that in some way. I think mostly in terms of making it explicit to the audience. Like it's it's just it's more subtly done like that. But I do like how they made it seem like the biggest problem with Anakin was his connections, was his like like, his deeper connections to the people around him, which in the Jedi was, like, a a big problem that they had, which leads to their anger or whatever. But that we know, after having already seen Return of the Jedi, is ultimately what redeems him. It's only because he has this deep connection with his son that he's redeemed. Yeah, So I feel like... um, It was true to his character, but less explicit to the actual story, I think.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, I I completely understand what you mean. Uh, George Lucas was trying to show in Anakin's character not so much a dark and like angry side that, turned, yes. that that showed the Jedi. Oh, I know, there's a dark sense to this kid. It's that the attachments that he formed, because to the Jedi, that was a cornerstone of a dark. A darker personality, so yeah, I like, understand that that's the direction that George Lucas decided to take in terms of Anakin's darker side. I don't know. I would have liked to see just a little I bit, agree. even if just a little bit of of, yeah. of the explanation that I'm sure. Gave. I, I, agree. Um, I agree with because that. in a lot of scenes, I, I it's fine that you make Anakin like you know this this sort of goofy kid. I want to be the first person <laughs> to see every planet in the, in the galaxy. Um, that that's okay. Uh, I've always just had a little bit of a, a mixed bag towards yeah. that, but. Let's get into something that I think is really, really good, which is obviously Jewel of the Fates. Yes. Now, Jewel of the Fates is a fantastic lightsaber jewel. It's not my favourite, but it really showed what Jedi were like and the way in which they fought before the Jedi all died out. Also,
0: it's not static. They they progress through that film. Like, it starts just through that fight. It starts off with them just, like, one-on-one, more like, just straight-up, like, lightsaber. Then they get more like uh, vertical, jumping from heights to height. Yeah. And then once they get separated, you can see like the the way that they end up fighting each other shifts. Like so uh Qui-Gon versus Maul is very like direct and like more brutal. It's like it's a lot more like higher impact, less attacks, um, yeah. more like contact between them. When he eventually kills Qui-Gon mm-hmm. and then Obi-Wan comes in there's a lot more flurrying and not more like dodging and like trying to stay away because at that point Obi-Wan has had like the rage of him killing Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's on the offensive and so Maul becomes a lot more defensive in that scene and that's and eventually like finds an advantage to like push Obi-Wan down but like that fight is so fluid and, and like it, it does shift as the as the beats and the and the and the emotions of them change as well
1: i absolutely agree the best part about the Jewel of the fates lightsaber Jewel for me is that the characters actually um, grow in, the, sta- in mm. the course of the fight that And that is For sure That is a really Because like you said uh, Obi-Wan Well first of all A Sith the, the Sith have literally Passed into legend At this point Darth yes. Maul is the first one They faced in Millennium As ki mundi says yes. But uh, Obi-Wan sort of Starts out as the You know the reserved one He's fighting to protect himself yeah. And You're then a wiser man than I Obi-Wan Yeah and then uh you know, once Qui Gon dies, he really turns on the offensive and realizes that there's two sides to being a Jedi. Yeah. And so, so that's what I really like, and it builds up quite, uh, uh, you know, the interest, the intricacy of Obi Wan as a character for the rest of the prequel. So I think that's a great point.
0: There's a lot of like ideological and like wisdom I- conflict between Obi Wan and Qui Gon in the film, but I think yeah. by the end, Obi Wan does reach an interesting point where he understands where Qui Gon is coming from and understands the rationale and reason behind it. And so he adopts that into his Jedi training, like, especially by the end, it's very clear. Yeah. Through his, like, I mean, his commitment to train Anakin to Qui-Gon and all that. And, like, while I don't think he ever replaces Qui-Gon in the way that Anakin ha- saw Qui-Gon in, like, his fatherly figure or, like, the way that he fully was against the the wa- some things that the Council was doing, he certainly adopted a lot of his, like, outlook on the Force and, and the Jedi.
1: Yeah, and uh, something that I do also like about the Jewel of the Fates lights up jewel is that the... Look, the choreography—you could say what you could. I sometimes feel like it gets a little bit too bogged down in over choreography. Yeah. But I feel, perhaps. but for the most part, it does actually look pretty good now that I rewatch it. Yeah. It, um, when and
0: when it's like quick movements and, and all yeah, that, it, it definitely feels.
1: I feel like the over choreography part of the lightsaber Jewels sort of. Really hits its mark in Attack of the Clones, yeah, but Attack it, but of the
0: Clones is probably the weakest where it's over choreographed. Right? But in
1: Phantom Menace, I think it's a good mix. There, there, there are some parts of it amazing. that look more so, but most of the time, it's yeah. actually pretty good. And the best part about it is that they are actually they they take the time to show why yeah. these lightsaber hits are the way they are. Yeah. Because something like, take Revenge of the Sith. We're mm-hmm. going to get into that, you know, yeah, we, when when we get to it. But take things. the Mustafar fight. Yep. The Mustafar fight has so much meaning behind it, but in terms of the lightsaber strikes, it happens so fast. We're actually getting into like the technical choreography <laughs> bits here. Yeah. But they're so fast that it's almost impossible to, 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 to yeah. stay ahead of. The good thing about Phantom Menace is that they're concentrated more... Uh, impactful I think hits and attacks because also, you can count them. Well it's and that's why it works well.
0: While the movements are quick with the like the flurry and the and the the tacks, that it's not really quick shots. Like it does show like them like moving like like through a longer shot of them actually fighting. And I think yeah, you do get that like you get a fuller sense of the actual fight. And that's due to Ray Parks like choreography and being able to like show the fight in really interesting ways. And I mean, I, I just feel like he was such a great casting for like Maul. As, I feel not like only as Maul uh, in person, but as the choreographer. One of
1: the favourite parts of the duel, if not my favourite, is right after the Ray Shield goes down and it's just Maul and Obi Wan. Yes. There's that shot that they don't cut. They don't cut it all. It's one long shot where you just see Obi Wan and uh, yes. Ray Park go at it for a couple of seconds before they recoil and the fight continues. Yep. Not only is that a, gr- a testament to Ewan McGregor and Ray Park in their commitment to the scene because they were so, so good, but it also shows. The, 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 the ferocity that Obi-Wan is now uh, fighting with now that his master's just been killed and how Darth Maul reacts to that is great. And like you said, Ray
0: Park, is mm. he just hits out of the park. So yeah, it's an interesting thing. <laughs> hits out of the park. I'll be here all week. And, but I think definitely having received... or oh, having uh, seen Maul in subsequent appearances, it does really flesh out his appearance in this as opposed to just being the dark, shadowy figure that looks cool that they fight. You can see like the, the the start of the tragedy behind it, of being just a pawn of Palpatine, of of like being killed by Obi Wan and like basically having like being cut in half and left to die and having to like like scrape his own life back together through his hatred. Yeah. Um, so, so that's
1: Jewel of that. Fates. <laughs> Another <laughs> yes. thing that I wanted to get into, it's towards the end of the film when uh, Qui-Gon's funeral is taking place. Yes. Uh, after after Yoda and Mace Windu talk about the fact that there's always a master and an apprentice, which mm. was destroyed, the master or the apprentice. There's that short shot between the last last bit of the film yes. where it's a close-up on Palpatine's yep, face. just
0: closes uh, the film. That
1: was awesome. I love that part.
0: <laughs> Subtle foreshadowing. Yeah, because obviously we... N- Okay, do you... would know, you would know. Yeah. It's the act, like, you would know, I mean, especially if you were, a, like, a big Star Wars fan, you'd know the actor of who Palpatine was. I think there would have
1: been a very small group of people who didn't realise they were the same person until Revenge of the Sith rolled around. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't I don't really know.
0: Anyway, uh... Because it's, it's very clearly Ian McDermott, like, knew the actor of him who who was known for playing Palpatine in the original.
1: Yeah, and uh, one final thing that I would get into is like the last, the last scene of the like the the parade on Naboo. Yeah. It's,
0: it's, it's,
1: yeah. Um, did you know that that theme is actually just the Emperor's theme sped up? No. How? Yeah. I. I it's, it's. Oh my. No, 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 I need to. Yeah. Okay. No, no. It's totally one hundred percent true. I, I guarantee it because, and that's it's 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 a way of showing that just through the music. Like, yeah. literally, it's a way of showing through the music that Palpatine is is, is already starting such a to troll take Literally, like, it seems weird because it's a musical cue, but it shows... This is, this is like, a, a testament to how good some of the filmmaking was in Phantom Menace, in that they even... <laughs> they, they, they were getting thematic and cool, even this? in the music. So, I did
0: not know that. A surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. There you go.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so... I didn't actually know it until recently, but yeah, the whole part where they're going uh da 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 or not that part. It's like um it's towards the end when it goes da 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 or something like that. I'll do some
0: research. No no I guarantee you
1: it's just the Palpatine score spell I can't remember where I watched it or read it, but I do know that's a that's a thing.
0: Fun little fact. Yeah, there you go. Um anything else you want to say about Phantom Menace? I think we've mentioned everything. Like I'm sure like when watching through it there are all these little like fun little nitpicks or fun little cameos and stuff but i think we've got through our overall thoughts on how it was made the themes of it what we enjoyed and like basically i i feel like my overall take of the whole thing is i feel like this was better than i expected and this had felt i felt like there was passion in this even though execution wasn't as strong as it ...could have been, yeah. this was made with a love of of the world of Star Wars... ...and of wanting to expand it in a way that had never been seen before.
1: I, I agree. I feel like there are still some uh, glaring problems that, yes. I, that, that to this day I think... Uh that could have been done differently, yeah. or I just don't like that. But sure. all in all, I really had a good time watching Phantom Menace because I hadn't seen it in a while, and I was able to watch it with a, uh, a mind that had already seen the sequels, that had seen uh, a more expanded on Darth Maul arc in the rest of Clone Wars, and going back to his very early days when he was only just introduced was a fun time. And uh, there were some things uh, that I, I hadn't noticed for a long time and that were very welcomed uh, uh, change to my outlook on the prequels. So... Um, all in all I think that I, well I feel like we've had a very good discussion about Phantom Menace I think so too um, what we're going to be doing with this little saga retrospective that we're going to be yes. taking you on over the next couple of weeks is we're going to rank them. We're going to rank which ones are yeah. our favourite. So right now... Uh, we
0: in first place. We're going to slot in Phantom Menace. And last place? Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Phantom Menace is doing pretty well. It's our highest ranked Skywalker saga film. Yeah, so and far. seeing as it's the only
1: one in the race, it must be doing pretty well.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> we'll see if that changes next uh, next time when we do uh, Attack, Attack of, of the Clones. Yes. Yeah yay <laughs>
1: should be fun uh, yeah so anyway um, that wraps up our main discussion I think we've had a good talk here today we've talked about Broom Boy we've talked about Ahsoka and the Mandalorian and we've talked thank about you Phantom Menace so
0: much for listening I
1: think this has been a uh, pretty intricate discussion I've enjoyed it uh, so, so thank you guys very much for watching that basically wraps it up and we're going to start wrapping up the, the episode for now thank you guys as always for, for watching regardless of what Uh, podcast feed you're listening to or on YouTube Uh, you can catch us on any one of them that's obviously there's YouTube there is uh, Apple, Podcasts, Apple Podcasts Anchor Spotify, Spotify uh, you can others. find the full
0: list of them on our uh, Facebook page if you just check the post yes. it will say where we've all posted them
1: as always uh, every uh, place that you can find us will be posted in the description as well as time codes for the individual discussions that we've had if you want to skip to a one that is yes. a little bit more interesting for you uh, I would recommend listening to it all because it's very interesting If you stay. So. but yeah. if you stayed through it all we love you thank you very much
0: thank you so much
1: yes Yeah, we, we really appreciate it if you you guys are listening, and uh, every yes. viewer matters, or every listener matters. Now this, as we, you know, these episodes go out on each podcast feed at 12pm AEST on Sundays, yes. but on YouTube, it comes out at the very same time the next day. Yeah. Only because of the fact that audio tracks are much easier to they condense are. and uh, <laughs> get out there than hour and a half YouTube clips are. It so.
0: works tirelessly behind the scenes to make sure you all get your... Podca- weekly podcasting stuff. Oh,
1: thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so on whatever podcast uh, feed you're listening to or if you're on YouTube, please make sure to leave us a comment or a review if you're on a podcast feed because apparently they're called different things. Uh, make sure to rate us and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us oh, on. I'll listen on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. Instagram.
0: Jack's famous on Instagram, so I better expect to get a lot of uh, Instagram (laughs)
1: followers. The links to all those social media platforms are available in the description, as well as the YouTube channel at the very top of the page. And uh, that, I think, wraps up everything that we need to talk about. Yeah. I think that for next week, next week. The, finally, the documentary series for The Mandalorian will have yes, wrapped up, so we'll be able to give you fully a very uh, in-depth description as to what yeah. we thought. I think uh, we'll have
0: lots to say about that. Topic. For the most
1: part, I've had a really good time watching that series, so I'll be looking forward to talking about it.
0: Yeah, lots uh, to say.
1: And I believe, I can't remember the name of it, uh, I think it was Star Wars Squadrons or Star Wars Mavericks or something like that, a detailed description of right. the new Star Wars game is supposed to be coming out pretty soon. Hopefully. Apparently in the next week. So hopefully it will and we'll be able to talk about it next week. <laughs> it as al- it's
0: not a new terrible mobile game. But hopefully.
1: Hopefully. <laughs> uh, so I think we've got a, a cool uh, lineup for next week. I hope you guys uh, tune in and I hope you guys have enjoyed listening. Thank you as always.
0: This has been... Telling, Telling the me. Odds. Now this is podcasting. <laughs>